today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by the heartbreak of what of a very very frustrating game, but more importantly, the return of the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest co-host in the game, Raymond Solis is back. After a three-week sabbatical, he is here. He has returned as promised. He's back. Now, before we get started, Raymond, why don't we let them know where they can find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter.com at The Goldcast underscore. And you can also follow us on Instagram at The Goldcast, as well as subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Goldcast. Like, subscribe, comment. We do appreciate it, and we do try to answer back. Boom. All right, here we go. We're recording this Monday night, October 15th, right after the heartbreak of what was a pretty good showing for the 49ers in Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. We're going to talk about that game and all the different things we saw. There's a lot to unpack, a lot to get into. But, of course, as always, first, the Goldcast intro. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis the First, baby. Boom! First off, Ray, before we get started, welcome back. It's great to hear your voice. It's been a while. We missed you. Thank you. Good to be back. And let's get into it. All right. So, you know, going into this game, and Kyle Shanahan was very aware of it. It's it's you know it's been really the worst kept secret in the NFL that the NFL we had five primetime games left on the schedule, and the NFL was putting pressure on the 49ers to do something and the trade the NFL was suggesting was the, they wanted the 49ers to trade for Nick Foles um, in an effort to, because they want they had those five primetime slots and they didn't want to change them. They wanted the Niners to stay on there. Obviously a very successful franchise, obviously one of the richest, most powerful franchises in the, in the league in terms of just the amount of money it it generates, the amount of business that they generate as a as a team, I think it's like the third or fourth richest team in the league. So they wanted they wanted Nick Foles to come in. They were suggesting a trade with Nick Foles so that they could, we could keep the time prime time slots. And um, the 49ers said no. This was not something that they were interested in. And lo and behold. The NFL then has, over the last course, several weeks, has taken pretty much all of our primetime slots away. They could not take away the Monday night one. The Monday night ones are locked, and when those are locked in, they are locked in. They do not change the Monday night ones. Those are not changeable. But they decided to change these ones, and Kyle Shanahan kind of used that at a, as a motivational tool going into this week. He told the team in a speech earlier in the week that nobody wants to see you. Nobody believes in you. No one thinks you can win. 
what are you going to do about it? You know, what, what are you going to rise up or, you know, you're going to succumb to, to that belief. But hey, just so you guys know, no one wants to see you. No one wants to see you on prime time. No one thinks you can win. So, you know, let's do something about it. And that was pretty much the narrative going into this week. And I thought overall the team played really well and played strong, but you cannot keep Aaron Rodgers in a game like that. And a costly turnover from C.J. Beathard. Those last three drives in general were were, were, were frustrating. Two, uh, two drives ending in punts. And then that last one, that costly, costly interception that led to Aaron Rodgers picking apart the defense and coming back and giving their kicker a chance to to uh, get some redemption from his pathetic showing last week in Detroit. And they get it done, and the Packers win 33-3. to And just one of those games that kind of rips your heart right out from you. I definitely, I was pretty excited most of the game. I thought the defense played really well. That final sack was crucial. Uh, but unfortunately, Richard Sherman gets flagged which gives them an automatic new fresh pair downs. And that was the beginning of the end. And um, yeah, just a frustrating game. This is one of those games where you don't expect the Niners to win. And then they start, they play at the level that they do for the entire game. And they give you, you know, they give you about 55 minutes of football. And in that last five minutes, they, it just kind of falls apart. And again, as we had mentioned before, self-inflicting wounds, which is a common common discussion that we have here with the 49ers here. Raymond, I wanted to hear your thoughts on everything. Those are my initial thoughts, but I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I think, I think like everybody else, I'm really frustrated because we had a lead going to the half. We extended that lead to seven points, but obviously, you know, seven points is not nearly enough against a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And given what type of team we have right now in terms of efficiency and consistency. So, I mean, I think there's plenty of blame to go around the 14 early points in the first quarter from just botched coverage, which seems to be a very consistent theme with the secondary that I find very frustrating. The lack of pressure, although we seem to do better in the second half, is also a frustrating factor. And I, some, it's not that I understand that Sala is trying to run the, you know, the Seattle-esque defense, you know, from Dan Quinn, Craig Grimanowski, that style of defense, the four-three. But sometimes I don't necessarily agree with the substitution choices at certain times. It seemed to be working okay better in the second half. I mean, we still got we've got three sacks today, which was fine. DeForest Buckner finally got another sack. Sheldon Day got another sack. Ronald Blair got a sack. Um, all those players I mentioned also had tackles for losses. Ronald Blair had two of those. You know, but no turnovers. We we gave up the ball three times, once on special teams and twice on offense. So again, you have we're, we give up the ball more than we create turnovers defensively. 
And that's another another thing. It's just a long list of things that just kind of seem to really frustrate me watching the games is the constant, you know, Jimmy Ward really, really struggles in man coverage. He just doesn't have the size for it. His, his speed is, is his catch up speed is not good. You know, and I get it. Cornerbacks, I, Jimmy Ward does much more better as a free safety roaming, scanning the field. I think he sees the field a lot better. It's a lot easier to see the field when you're all the way back there and you kind of can just scan around and pick, you know, you, you have designated spots to go and support other players with. So you're, you're helping somebody else here, but in man coverage, he just struggles and Aaron Rodgers just picked him apart all game, all game long, you know? And then when Maven was in there, he got that last touchdown to tie the game. So, one thing after another, and I give a lot of credit to C.J. Beathard for playing a really strong game once again, but when it came to crunch time to really doing it, um, a forced throw that just you know didn't go his way. And he's done that a few times as a rookie, and uh, you know just trying to force, force something, make something happen at the end of the game, and it just turn, ends up in a turnover. And uh, that's becoming a, a, a reoccurring theme with him right now that I hope he's able to get over because we don't have anybody else you know, to get in there and, and, you know, pull some Jimmy Garoppolo stuff out of his hat. So most teams tend to get bias in third and long situations. Salah likes to blitz on third downs, especially if it's third and long. And a lot of times it doesn't work. Although he was playing a lot better this time because we were in deep third long situations. We were playing, you know, super deep prevent, deep prevent defense, which gives you everything underneath, but takes away everything long. So you take away Aaron Rodgers' long ball, which is you know his skill. His he's great. He's great at every type of pass. But in third and long, you definitely want to at least take away one of his options, which is the long ball option. Force everything underneath, which they did that, and they were able to kind of really slow down a lot of drives by playing that style of defense. So I'm not sure where that's been in other situations, but um, sometimes. Uh, Guys just look lost out there, and in terms of offense, so it's it's a little bit of everything, I guess, is you know what I'm getting at here, and it's so it's frustrating because it's like, okay, well, when is this going to start to come together? When are they going to start to figure it out? Because you know, even when it seems like we've got the lead and we're doing it, you know, we just can't seem to close them out. Can't close them out defensively. Can't close them out offensively. So when are we going to catch a freaking break? Because as a fan, it's tough to watch this these losses. And I know I'm not the only one out there. It, no, 100% is. It's really, really tough to watch these losses. It's so frustrating, especially when you see the team do this, which they're very, they're, they're, they tend to be slow to start. But then generally around end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, they really find their stride. And then they really hold it through till about middle of the fourth. You know, and this is like, we've seen this Niners team do this a lot, where you know they're slow to start. They they allow some real big plays to get ahead of them. That the, the the opposing team gets off to an early lead. 49ers come back. 49ers maybe even get the lead. Goes back and forth. It gets into a little bit of a shootout, and then right at the end, we just shoot we shoot ourselves in the fo- foot. We go for, in the foot. We shoot ourselves in the foot, and uh, it just is frustrating. You know that the final football. the football. We shoot ourselves in the football. The frustrating part, I thought, what really killed that last drive after we've intercep- we've thrown the interception is that huge sack of Aaron Rodgers that ends up, again, as I'd mentioned earlier, Sherman gets a flag, 
it, we, we, we five-yard penalty, automatic first down. And that just gave them a fresh set of downs, and they never looked back after that. And then we have three plays in a row where they're just throwing to the sideline, to the outside shoulder of whatever ride receiver's right there, and he's grabbing the ball, outside shoulder, stepping out of bounds. Grabbing the ball, outside shoulder, stepping out of bounds. They did that three times in a row, all for long yards, got them all the way down in field goal position, and then they you know, they tried to air it out one time with three seconds left to just see if uh, Aaron Rodgers could get the touchdown. Didn't work. Uh, brought the big man out, have him you know, with his redemption kick, which he did fairly easily and that was all she wrote you know the hard part is as you mentioned there's a lot of blame to go around right you got you've got Bethard with his interception you've got Sherman with that that costly costly flag you got our cornerbacks just just all three of those plays were just exact identical play they went they went uh left side of the field right side of the field left side of the field all she wrote boom 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 and uh, allowing those plays to happen. Uh, the you know going back in the beginning when they went they they did that screen for the I believe it was the first touchdown. They lined up the four wide receivers, you know, up on the left, yeah. and and it, even I was like even I knew I was like, this is a screen. They're gonna throw it to they're gonna throw that guy in the back. He's gonna run in. These three guys are gonna block for him. Like this is so obvious. And I don't play professional football. I'm not even an analyst. You're you're the fanalist. I'm just a fan. Even I knew what the play was. I was like, come on, man. Uh, I was, it just, you know, you can't really, you can't say, oh, the defense won this, lost this game. You can't say, well, the offense lost this game. All you can really do is point to costly, costly missteps on both sides of the ball at various points in the game that when tallied up resulted in a loss by three points to the Green Bay Packers. You know, that that's really... You know, if if you're if you're a fan, you're saying, "Well, C.J. Beathard can't cut it," then you're not paying attention to the defense. But if you're a fan saying, "Also, the defense is whack and Robert Saul is whack," well, then you're not paying attention to the offense. Like offense, it's it's a it's a collection of mistakes. It's a lot of little mistakes that this this team makes, and it's consistent every single week. It's these little mistakes, and I would probably say the number one one you hit it you hit it right at the nose on the head. It's the turnovers, man. Always these costly turnovers and our inability to generate turnovers. That is bad, bad, bad. That's what I'm saying. That that last touchdown that Aaron Rodgers threw had 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 the four, had our cornerback turned and ju- he he turned too early. And tried to jump. It's like all he had to do was drop back a couple more steps, and that ball was inter. I thought it was actually. I thought he was going to intercept it. As I saw the ball coming up, I saw him right there. I don't remember who. Do you remember who that was? Who, who from our secondary was on that last that last touchdown? Aaron Rodgers threw. Do you remember? Yeah, that was maybe that Maven. was Greg That's Maven. Who it was. It, it was right there. Yeah, it was inches. Yeah, it was right there for the taking, and uh, just. Inches turned turned forward. I would say by about one one or two steps early. Had he had he had he gone step for step a couple more and then turned, it would have been right in his numbers. And uh, you know another another costly misstep. But um, but yeah, you know the hard part is I think as a fan, and I want to ask you about this as well. I think the hard part sometimes when you're a fan like you and I, guys who we watch the Niners. Week in and week out, 
We watch every game, whether they suck or they're great, we're there. I think sometimes the hardest part is trying to get the noise out week to week from our fellow fans, right? Because, God, the the fans can be brutal. I mean, sometimes you and I mentioned this before. It sounds like, you know, I can't tell the difference between them and a Seahawks fan. It just, they, they sound like opposing rival team fans, you know? And I think sometimes shutting out the noise on the outside can be really difficult. I can only imagine how it must be if you're an actual 49er, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? On everything I just said, I touched on a lot of stuff. You did, and I think it's just frustrating. You know, this is uh, this is very synonymous with just where the team is at, where there's moments where they can flash competitiveness and even flash, you know, uh, a will to, to seem like they're, you know, uh, on pace to actually beat a team and win a game, but they can't close. They can't close on defense and they can't close on offense. And there's a number of factors that, that go into that. You know, the give credit to Green Bay's defense. They they finally stuffed the run towards the end of the game after giving up 150 plus yards. So they stopped the one thing that was really kind of helping us. We were very balanced on offense the entire game. So and once they took away one aspect, we couldn't, you know, that would that limits your play action uh, ability or your play action efficiency. I still, I still think you can do it. it. Just tends to work better if you're running well. Um, so, you know, there's that, and some. You know, like I said, sometimes I don't like the substitution choices that Sala makes. I'm like, okay, it's a third down. It's it's a third and long situation, and you have Eric Armstead and Solomon Thomas on the sidelines, and instead you have Cassius March, DeForest Buckner, Sheldon Day, and like Ronald Blair. And granted, Ronald Blair did well, but Ronald Blair doesn't plays more than just third down. But you're also it's like why not try? You know, I, the early downs is when we tend to see, you know, the 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 prime, you know, the ideal combination of our first round draft picks, Thomas, Armstead, and Buckner. Now again, I'm not a defensive coordinator. I don't understand it, and I can't dissect dissect it as well as them. But from the my from my unqualified eye, just looking at the games. Sometimes I don't quite get the combinations, especially given what's at stake on that particular down. So, for example, Sheldon Day gets a sack two games before this. He gets a sack. The very next play, he gets pulled out. It's like, why would you pull him out? He doesn't look tired. In fact, he looks excited. He looks ramped up. Why would you keep him in there? Why would you disrupt? Why would you disrupt that momentum? The guy has a sack. Let him get in there and let him feed off of that. Sometimes that that's, uh, you know, football is very much a rhythm sport too. And so sometimes I feel like his substitutions disrupt the rhythm of what that group can really do. And so, but part that's part of being a good coach is knowing when to substitute and who, you know, knowing what combinations work well. But perhaps, you know, that's all been ironed out in practice time. And that's why they have the combinations they do. You know, I'm not at practice, so I can't make these judgments. I'm just saying that sometimes it looks odd from my perspective, especially when I see a positive play made by the defense. And then immediately I see that player from my perspective. I'm like, oh, why not just keep that guy in? He's hot. He's got a hot hand right now play that hot hand okay so let me ask you this then raymond let me let me just tackle the elephant in the room are we sure robert Sala's good <laughs> i mean like is that have we uh, considering that the defense looks you know worse i mean let's just year. let's just they look call it out they look worse this year and everybody is healthy at this time last year 
Eric Armstead was down for the year. Uh, Jimmy Ward was done. Jimmy Ward still banged up. I mean, his hamstring is gone. That's why Mabin was in on that play on that last touchdown. Mabin got Mabin was in because Jimmy Ward was out because his hamstring was bothering him. And Jimmy Ward has been an injured prone ever since Balky drafted him. You know, and he's he's better at safety than he he's better at free safety than he is at uh, corner. But he's probably the only option we've got. So, I mean, clearly he's better than Maven, and Maven, as soon as Maven was in there, Maven was, I mean, Jimmy Ward got beat today, too. So let's not, you know, let's not give too much credit to Jimmy Ward here. But Maven was in on that play because Jimmy Ward just can't stay healthy. He's, I mean, he's a Balky. He's from the Balky era. That's why I don't particularly like him. He had the one pick six like three years ago. Guy's been injured prone ever since. So we need serious help in the secondary. You know, Kwaski Tart is okay, but he's he still hasn't really broken out you know into anything special so you know all the only thing that we have good going for us is richard sherman because he's you know he's a proven player he's a shut down corner even though he gave up a couple of you know a couple plays and, and made a big mistake at the end there but you know that's um it's kind of where we're at you know we, we need some serious help but so Going back to Rob, going back to Robert. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he's good enough. I think you. You know. I think if you were being realistic, you'd probably give a guy two years and then can him, and uh, give someone else a shot. If you were being more nice about it, you know, you'd give him a third year. But I think as far as the NFL is concerned, I think, you know, you've only got six years on this contract. So I would give him a, a third of the time to figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, get someone else. Get someone better that can put these guys together. Because perhaps perhaps this scheme doesn't work well with this talent, and perhaps it's it's too much. You know, there's too many too many round pegs trying to fit into a square hole. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Sh- I just I'm not sure if he. I'm not sure if he's schematically doing what is what is the strength of of these players. Yeah, I I don't know either. I I. I definitely don't know i it's the um it's similar to offense there's flashes of there's moments there's flashes there's times there's things i like and then other times it just gets really perplexing as to what's going on right there out there and sometimes flat out the defense just looks lost they look lost like they have no idea what's happening i'm like do are we do you, are we watching the same game you know, like it's coming down to that screen. I mean, how was it not obvious that was going to happen? Like, I don't play professional sports, and I know that screen's happening right there. I don't understand why that play was so easy for them in that moment. And they're little, little things like that. But, you know, you see that on offense too, but you're like, all right, well, there's no Jimmy Garoppolo. Marquise Goodwin was out for – has been in and out the whole season. Jarek McKinnon gone. You know, guys are guys are in starting positions that they weren't exactly meant to be in. And so, you know, you wonder – you okay? You kind of give it a break a little bit, but right. I mean, the offense—at least the offense—put up thirty points despite the turnovers. You know, despite the turnovers, they still managed to put up thirty points. So, I mean, they're clearly more efficient than our defense is. I mean, we're the sixth best rushing team in the NFL, so we're we're top ten, almost top five. Passing yards were about twenty-first. Um, yards were about middle of the road at fourteenth. Points in the league were seventeenth, although that average should probably go up. Um, tonight or tomorrow because we put up 30 points. So whatever the, the difference averages will work out. Defensively, I feel like we should be worse than what our actual rankings are. I think we're better against the run than we are against the pass. That much is evident. You know, we're the 10th best rushing defense. We're the 15th ranked passing uh, defense, which is surprising because I feel like we should be we 
perform way worse than that. And as far as yards allowed, we're 12th in the league. So we're a middle of the road defense, although they don't play like a middle of the road. You're one in, one in five. It's not a, that, you know, those numbers don't necessarily reflect, you know, what, uh, what our record is. It seems a lot worse. And as far as points allowed, this is the big one. We're 28th in the league. So we're near the bottom four. You know, we're, we're, a, we're the top worst, you know, among the top five worst in teams in the, in the NFL. It's, it's, they're, they're giving up big plays on the worst possible, you know, the worst possible uh, opportunities to the opposing team. Gosh. Just rough, man. Rough all the way around. Rough all the way around. I think this is just the kind of season we can expect. It's just hard. It's hard because you have – you had that horrible season right after Harbaugh with uh, uh, Jim Tom Sula, or as we used to uh, non-affectionately refer to him as Tim John Sula. Then we had uh, Chip Kelly, and uh, that was pretty brutal. And then last year, we have Kyle Shanahan. We know the team's a dumpster fire. And we end with that five-game win streak to really lift everyone's spirits. And Jimmy G basically gets carted off the field like he's Rudy Rudiger Rudiger at the end of the movie Rudy in Notre Dame. And uh, that's how it felt anyways. And then going into this season, we're hopeful. I, I isolated them as being somewhere closer to six to eight wins. Um, our father, Rudy Rudy Solis Jr., the unofficial third member of the Gold Cast, had had them uh, practically winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> Raymond was somewhere in the middle, and uh, and then Jimmy goes down, and it you know it just it just turning into the the continuation of the last three brutal seasons of uh, 49er football. And it, you know you just get to a point when 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 when's the bleeding stop, and. Uh, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. And on that positive note, <laughs> let's, uh, any final thoughts, Ray, before we, uh, oh, oh, I got a final thought for you, though. How, how badass was Kyle Shannon's outfit? I thought that outfit was badass. He was all black, all black and red, Niner jacket, Niner hat, Niner sweater. I thought he looked good. Uh, did you, did you catch his outfit? It looked really good. Yeah, I mean, I guess if there's any positive to pull out, you know, our coach looked good. You know, he, I thought he called. I thought he called a, a pretty good game for the most part. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they just kind of figured us out at the end, and perhaps we should have been a little bit more aggressive. But who knows? I don't know. You know, I, I don't. I don't really put a whole lot of this on Kyle Shanahan. I thought he called a great game for the most part. I thought he was like 85, 90 percent efficient on on the offense. They put up 30 points for Christ's sake. So it was this. You know, for me, it's. Again, um, lack of pressure early in the game and botched coverages in the zone coverage that really hurt us. And it was the turnovers, the special teams turnover and the two offensive turnovers. That's a nine-point swing in the game you know, that could have been avoided and could have given us the game easily. Um, just by just you take away those three turnovers because all three of those turnovers tur- ended up into field goals. So that was nine points that you take you can take off the board, and we still win the game just with the thirty points we scored. So I'm going to put this one on um, the turnovers from the offense and special teams, and then the the secondary that just seems to love to give up big plays, especially in the red zone. In the red zone, we're we're 28th in the league between the 11 yard line and the 20 yard line. Teams 
success rate against us is about 50%. That that ranks us 28th in the oh league. Oh, God. Terrible. Brutal. But, yeah, Kyle looked great. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Kyle looked great. And so, <laughs> great outfit. Uh, great outfit. So, uh, Richard Sherman did say, he was quoted as saying tonight, it doesn't matter if I agree with the call or not. I have to find a way to do better. And uh, that, I think, encapsulates the entire team. It doesn't matter if they agree with the calls or not or the plays. They have to find a way to do better. Now, Raymond, speaking of, it doesn't get any easier for us. This week, on October 21st, it has been downgraded to a 1 p.m. game, one of our downgraded games. We will be home to face our heated rival. The Los Angeles Rams. I'm sure we'll have Louie on, and uh, I can't say I'm going to look forward to that. Now, Raymond, the question is, take a guess. What do you think the Vegas line is for this game? It's got to be 13 points or more. You're close, Ray. You're close. Not quite that bad, but almost as bad. It is 11 points. Mm. points now the question is raymond it's very generous at vegas do you take that bet um yeah i think uh, I, I would take the over on that one. Ooh, i think there's a good chance we get blown out i mean the rams are really really good at professional football because this offense is way is even more efficient than green bay's offense much more efficient i think they're, they're they've got the best running back in the nfl who's Who's a, a who's a bigger threat on the ground and also a bigger bigger threat in in uh, in uh, in passing situations. So he's a dual threat quarterback. They've got great receivers. They don't have rookies. You know, uh, Devonte Adams was was not there. Randall Cobb was not there today. So Aaron Rodgers had rookies with him playing tonight. So imagine when he when you've got your good guys in the game. So and that's what we're going to face against the Rams. So I think it's just too much. You know, I think it might be early, close on, but I think it's, they're going to pull away probably somewhere in the third quarter. So. Yeah, you're probably right. You got you got the the three headed monster of Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. That is one three headed monster. Mm. Yep. All right. Well, there it is. There, there it is. Raymond, uh, before we go, why don't you let them know where can they find us? You. Oh, I'm sorry. Where can they find you? <laughs> I already told you guys, pay attention. Just kidding. Um, I'm on Twitter at Ray Solis, and I'm also on Instagram at Ray Solis1. And you can find me on Instagram at Rudy Solis 3RD and Twitter at Rudy Solis. Oh, Rudy Solis 3RD at Twitter, and then Instagram at Rudy Solis3. So concludes. Interesting interesting little afterthought. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but interesting little afterthought after the game. Richard Sherman, because I know we're talking about Robert Sala and people are starting to question Robert Sala, and rightfully so. Um, Richard Sherman defended Robert Sala and blamed his teammates for failing on their assignments, being quoted as saying, at the end of the day, if you call the perfect call and they don't run the play the way you called it, what else can you do? Meaning, if Sala calls the correct defense to defend whatever they're doing on offense, for example, Botch coverage is not, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on Richard Sherman's back right here. Botch coverage is not Robert Sala's fault. That is defensive assignment fault. 
So I will, I will give him that grace right there. That my, my gripe was just substitution timing. That was my gripe. So I, and Richard Sherman knows defense. He, he's, he could probably make a great defensive coordinator when he retires if he chose to, if he chose to, but interesting take there. So for those of you who are thinking Robert Sala, also keep that in perspective too. You know, because sometimes that's that's what's also happening out there. People are not doing what they're assigned to do. And that's that's not on the coach's fault. Or perhaps it is because they're supposed to be coaching technique. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I'm definitely not the guy to to uh, not qualified to answer it one way or the other. All I can do is bang my head against the wall. And uh, yeah, but I like that little tidbit way to throw out that last bit and hope for the best. And hope for the best. That's all we can do. And until next time, so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same Gold Cast. This is, is the Gold Cast. 